0: I'm excited to, to preach this morning. Uh, I know a little bit of a later notice notice on that, so that means my sermon will be half as long as it normally is, so uh, there we go. I'm just kidding. It probably won't. I don't really know how long uh, something like this is going to take, just to be totally honest with you. Uh, it could take 20 minutes. It could take 40, uh, but I'm really excited to see uh, what God's going to do with this and uh, the direction our church is going in uh, when it comes to some things that we're starting tonight. Uh, this morning, I want us to take a look at what it looks like to grow in community, Uh, That's why my title is not fancy. It's pretty simple with uh, what I'm going to talk to you about this morning. Um, Before we start talking about, you know, what it looks like to grow in community in in our life groups that we're starting at this church, uh, this is a brand new adventure that our church is starting on. We have avenues in which we do community together, but this is the first time in, in a long time that our church has really established community groups within our local body. And so tonight we're, we're getting to do that uh, together at, at Dino's house. And and I know I'm really excited about it, and, and I hope and pray that, that you are too, and that you would take a part in it. But So what we're going to do this morning is we're going to actually take a look at uh, God's Word and why is it essential for us as believers to be in community with one another? What does it mean for our growth as Christians to be involved in community with one another? What does that look like in Scripture? What does that look like for us here in At Emmanuel. So I'm excited to talk about some of these things. I wanted to start uh, with this. There is a book that every seminary uh, counseling student at my school is required to read, and it's called How People Change. It's this incredible book talking about the dynamic heart and the way that people work, and how Jesus ultimately is the one who changes us. Uh, This book talks about a lot of models and how we can help counsel and direct people towards the Lord, and how the Lord changes their hearts from the inside out to look more like him. What I love about this book is that in the very beginning of the book, it starts with something that I think is really important that that I believe also God's word touches on, is that this, is that change is a community effort. For us to look more like Christ and for us to change who we are, to be more like Jesus, it takes more than just us. It takes God for one, it takes the power of the Holy Spirit, it it takes the sacrifice of Jesus and and. It takes us together as a community. The author shared the testimony of a woman who was part of a life group at her church for five years, very similar to the one that we're about to start here. She says uh, about all the ups and downs that she had within her community group, all the shared experiences that she she had, the victories and defeats, and, and the conflict that happened between the group. Because if you get a group of people together on a weekly basis, you at some point are going to have conflict. Uh, but she ultimately talked mostly about the fruit that came from being a part of a group like that. She was quoted saying this, when seven on Monday night came around, I eagerly looked forward to the sound of my brothers and sisters coming in our front door. I never knew how the evening will go, what burdens people will be carrying, how I will be changed, or what laughter or tears we will share. But I always know that the great shepherd will meet us and our lives will be richer and fuller because we have been together. It's no secret that small groups, life groups, home groups, villages, family groups, uh, engages, Sunday school classes, discipleship groups, church groups, whatever you call them, is impactful and is essential for our growth as Christians. I think that's a universal truth that we all pretty much understand, but what does God's word say about being in community? This morning, I want us to walk through three very simple key ideas in the way that God's word addresses living in community and what it looks like to grow as Christians in community. The first, and I think is the most important to start with, is that we were made and designed for community. I say that because when we look at the Trinity, and I'm not going to try to explain the Trinity to you this morning because then we'd be here all day, Uh, but let me kind of give you a little breakdown. The Trinity is, we know God works as a triune God, as God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Three distinct persons all in one. Uh, but everything that we try to make it like in terms of our own human experiences is not correct. Here's what I mean by that. There's a lot of people that will give you analogies that, oh, the Trinity is like an egg because you have the shell and you have the the egg white and the egg yolk, but that's not correct. You have some people that try to uh, make it like water, how, oh, the Trinity is like the, the water, how water can be a solid, a liquid, and a gas, but that doesn't really fully give us a grasp for what the Trinity actually is. And so the thing is, our human intellect is limited with how we can understand the Trinity. But here's what we trust in. We trust that the Trinity works in community with one another. We know that the Trinity is is established in Scripture. and We see God and his distinct persons working in very incredible ways throughout Scripture. And one of the ways that we see the Trinity working in community, God being a God of community, is in Matthew chapter 3, Verses 13 through 17, I should have that on the screen for you. This is this, is this incredible moment in Scripture where Jesus is being baptized. Uh, verse 13 says this, Then Jesus came from Galilee to the Jordan to John to be baptized by him. John would have prevented him saying, I need to be baptized by you, and do you come to me? But Jesus answered him, Let it be so now, and thus it is fitting for us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he consented. And when Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens opened up to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, coming to rest on him. And behold, a voice from heaven said, this is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. In this passage, we see the Trinity. We see the Trinity working within Jesus' baptism. We see God the Father speaking from heaven saying that this is my son with whom I am well pleased. We see the Holy Spirit descending onto Jesus like a dove and we obviously the son getting baptized. Now, this isn't the only time we ever see the Trinity at work and at play in scripture. In fact, if you were to go and look at creation, you see a creation how the spirit of God hovered above the waters and you see all this other really cool stuff. But I love this image here because I think it gives us this picture of how God works in community. And the reality is, Folks, we are made in God's image. We are made to be like God. We are made in his likeness. We are the the fancy term, the Imago Dei. And so in being made in God's image, God has designed us to be longing to have some sort of community with one another. We are naturally drawn to other human beings. When it comes to marriage, God said it's not good for man to be alone, so he made woman. He made us to literally be a part of community. That's not to say that everybody is gonna be married and everybody is going to find a woman just for them. They're going to find their Eve. That's not what that says. But what that shows us is that God has designed us not to be alone. Triple uh, you probably know him as a rapper. He's a phenomenal preacher, uh, said this, uh, in creation, we have been made to live in community, but because of the fall, we tend to run from the very friendships we need. And, and, I, and I find more often than not that, that there are people that avoid community because they believe that their prerogative in the way that they see others keeps them from wanting to be around other people. But here's what Scripture says. Scripture teaches that that we've been made in God's image, and because of the fall, there are things that are now imperfect about us. For example, we may run from the very community that we need, and we may run to people who, who constantly make us feel comfortable and make us feel okay with who we are at that moment, rather than challenging us and pointing us towards the Lord. And whether you are single, whether you are a family man or woman, whether you are somebody who is a loner, whether you are dependent on others, uh, we are drawn towards one another. I originally had on my notes that I was going to kind of explain how extroverts and introverts are still drawn to the same community. We just handle it differently. And that's still definitely the case. I don't know if you guys have ever taken those Myers-Briggs personality tests or whatever. You know that you have the 100% introverts and the 100% extroverts and all the in-betweens and all the really weird stuff. Uh, but it really, it really doesn't matter where we fit on this spectrum. It doesn't matter how other people make you feel. The reality is God has designed you to work in community. Some of you may get exhausted around people, and that's okay. You may not always like the people you're around, and hey, that's okay too but the reality is we've been made in the image of God and God has designed us to be drawn to one another and to work well together. The next point that we see in scripture, and, and I think one of, the, one of the biggest ones, besides the fact that we're made for community, is that we grow in community. Hebrews ten twenty four through 25 says this, "'And let us consider how to stir up one another "'to love and good works, "'not neglecting to meet together "'as it is in the habit of some, "'but encouraging one another.'" And all the more as you see the day drawing near. Change happens in community because we're meant to encourage and stir one another up to love and do good works. This is what community groups are supposed to look like. They're supposed to be places in which you go and you are stirred up to do things for the sake of the gospel. See, for us, I think we grow so comfortable in the community that we have that doesn't challenge us, that whenever we are drawn to a community that does, we, we get in the habit of, of stepping away from that. And the number one place I think that happens a lot is church. How many of us have ever felt challenged at church? We ever felt like we've been being stirred up to do something we're supposed to do, but then avoid church because we don't like the way that makes us feel. We don't like the conflict, we don't like the tension that is in that moment, But the reality is, folks, we need that tension in order to grow and look more like Jesus. God God desires for us to be more like Christ in every aspect of our life. And that means that we need to be in communities that have a little bit of tension. We need to be in communities that are doing exactly what Hebrews 10, 24 through 25 is. And that is stirring one another up to love and to do good works. And it may be in our habits to not meet with groups like that. It's easy for us to sleep in on a Sunday morning. It's easy for us to skip out on all the incredible uh, life and community group opportunities that our church has, but is it, a, it is essential for our growth as Christians. You may know this verse. I actually uh, had the opportunity to sit down with a good friend of mine Wednesday night. Uh, yeah, I, I've been praying for uh, somebody to have a desire to be mentored and poured into, and God always provides that in the strangest ways. I just had a group of senior boys that I I got to hang out with that graduated and now are at UAM and uh, praying for God to give me direction on on who uh, I could pour into next. And I was also thinking, you know, I would love for somebody else who would also challenge me back. Not, Not that my senior boys didn't. They definitely gave me challenges. One, not making them late to school is probably one. Uh, but the other uh, is that that this guy just came up and he's like, "Dude, I want to I want to meet with you weekly, and and I want to live out what this Proverbs verse says. And this Proverbs verse says this: as iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. This this verse is is basically saying that that we need one another to sharpen and challenge one another for us to grow closer together and to be more effective for the sake of the gospel. And I love that that that's. That's the attitude that this guy came to me with. He's like, look, dude, I, I want to live this out. I want to have this Proverbs relationship with somebody. And it has been an incredible relationship that we've had so far. And, and, and being being men that are just trying to get through life together, but are able to share hurts and experiences and, and challenge one another to help each other grow. And I can tell you just from experiences that I've had with, with, with villages and huddles and all these weird names, engaged in our new village at the church, I can tell you that this verse rings true within community groups. Uh, When I was at the BCM at the U of A, we we kind of changed some things up. Most college ministries had a worship night that didn't fall on regular church nights, and then they had small groups. Uh, Our BCM, the way that it worked in our college ministry was that we were trying to do things that the local church wasn't quite doing yet. And at the time, the local church was not doing community groups. They weren't doing these groups of people that would meet weekly to live life together, to pray together, to, to seek help, to study the scriptures together. And so what our BCM director did uh, really hurt my feelings. He said, Dustin and other leaders in the group, I'm just saying my name so y'all know that I was there. Uh, he said, "He said I'm killing our weekly worship service. And, and immediately one of my buddies was like, Why? That's that's the he he literally said that is the most unwise thing you've ever said but he didn't say unwise he said something meaner but uh anyways he said he said this he's he said are 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 we going to continue just to do what the church is already doing well or are we going to try to do something different that they're not and it, and it immediately made him be quiet and sit down and then for me I was just kind of stirring up like oh why like I'm almost a senior. Like I'm gonna to get to actually like be a part of the worship service a little bit bigger. I'll, I'll get to preach to college students and like, dude, you're taking that away from me. What's what's going on? And uh, I remember uh, him just sharing his heart with us. And he he told me this or told us this. He said, you know, the local church does worship services well, uh, but the reality is growth and discipleship happens within groups. It happens within people meeting together and doing life together, and. He said, for our ministry, we're going to do something a little different, and hopefully the, the local churches will kind of follow in step. And some of them were doing that obviously well, but, the, but none of them were doing it on campus. So what we did was we, we decided to meet in these things called villages uh, in the dorms at the U of A. We started with eight, and the goal was by the time that small group ended during the school year, that we would train up two other leaders to go and start a new one, whether it be in that dorm or in another on campus. The idea was that we would multiply these groups so that we would have more small groups doing community together throughout the university campus. See, with our weekly worship service, we were able to meet and draw in about 70 or 80 students and and worship together and hang out together and, and go eat together, do life together then. But through these villages, the BCM in Fayetteville has been able to reach over 200 students. Since, since Victoria and I have left and since we've stopped being village leaders there, uh, they have now 16 groups that meet throughout campus on a Wednesday, or not on a Wednesday night, but weekly. And it's because of groups like that that my wife and I actually met. She was looking for a small group like that, a group of college students to do community with, with a girl who'd never been to Arkansas before, moving from Texas in a brand new place, and her village made her feel like home. And it's through that that we met and got married, and now we have kids, and now we're here. But, but guys, the, the the reality is the person that you see in front of you right now, if it wasn't for these villages and if it wasn't for the huddles, the even smaller groups that we met together and we've got about three or four to challenge one another, to read scripture together, to pray together, to do life together, I, I don't I don't know if I would realistically be up here. Because Because the way that I've been challenged in ministry and the way that I've grown spiritually, most of that happens in groups like this. Obviously, there are, there are personal spiritual disciplines that you need to do. You need to be reading your Bible. You need to be praying. You need to be involved in the local church. But groups like this groups like this, helped my growth skyrocket. And everybody else that we've talked to and everybody else that have been a part of groups like this have experienced the same, similar amount of growth. Why? Because God has designed us for community. And because in scripture, we see people growing together, not apart. You look at the early church in Acts. That's literally what they were. They were just a group of people being together, relying on each other, relying on their strengths and helping in their weaknesses to live life together and to go share the gospel to the nations. Church, your relationship with Jesus is not meant to be done alone. It's meant to be done with others. You're meant to grow with others. And my hope and prayer is that you would find community here because guys, our church has a lot of really cool opportunities for you to have that. My last point uh, and I think is one of, one of the more outwardly important things that we need to consider, and that's this, is that we are to be united in community. Uh, Ephesians chapter 4, 1 through 6 says this, I, therefore, prisoner for the Lord, urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you've been called, with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, there is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope that belongs to your call, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. Whenever you see something repeated in Scripture, it's pretty important, and you should pay attention to it. In this Ephesians passage, Paul is repeating this same statement over and over again, this, this sense of oneness. He talks about it, we are to be one mind and one heart in Christ, working together to build one another up, to make the gospel known in this world, that we are to be united as Christians. For there is one body, one spirit, just as we are called to walk in that. One hope that belongs to your call, your being a plural thing, being all of us with one Lord and one faith and one baptism, one God and Father all. And with this sense of oneness, we are called to be united within that. And in Philippians chapter two, Paul talks a little bit further about that and models the person that we're supposed to be, have that one mindset after, and that's Jesus. In this passage, Paul talks about his incredibly humble life and the way that Jesus walked on this earth and the way that he served and loved others. And that is a a mindset and a heart that we are to exhibit with one another. And that's to be done within community. And the truth is, nothing draws people away from the church more than Christians who refuse to be united with other believers. Nothing does. I found this list online. I shared this with the students uh, last year, and I'm going to share it with some of you. Uh, and that's, here's some examples of things that have caused churches to split. Uh, and these are some of my, my favorite. Uh, there was an argument over the appropriate length of the worship pastor's beard. Uh, This next was a deacon accusing another deacon of sending an anonymous letter and deciding to settle the matter in the parking lot. I think the church could have sold tickets to this event and raised a lot of money, but, you know, that's just, just my own thoughts. A church argument to vote to decide if a clock in the worship center should be removed. I'm not even joking. This was a legit argument that happened in my home church at some point. Not this exact argument, but something very similar with the clock. It was crazy. A petition to have all church staff clean-shaven. So I guess no church planters are allowed. Business meeting arguments about whether the church should purchase a weed eater or not. And that only took two business meetings to resolve. Arguments over what type of green beans the church should serve. I could have solved this really quickly None. Argu- <laughs> Major conflict when the youth borrowed a crock pot that had not been used in years. Uh, and this this next to last one an argument on which uh, on whether the church should allow deviled eggs at the church meal uh only if it's balanced with angel food cake for dessert and my favorite is is a business meeting to change the name of potlucks to pop blessings because as christians we're not supposed to believe in luck but those sound really crazy and and silly silly and a little bit ridiculous but but y'all i'm telling you they're the sorts of conflicts that Christians have within the local church are sometimes just as ridiculous as these things. And most of the time, it's about our preference. It's about things that have nothing to do with God and His Word and and the urgency of Scripture and what He's calling us to do. Now, that's not to say that we, we can't have disagreements. Obviously, we can. But at the end of the day, we need to be walking out of there saying, we are united together regardless of our disagreements. I can tell you right now that our, us as a staff, we don't agree on everything. If we agreed on everything, that where's the where's the growth? Where's the challenge? Where's the the back and forth in the in the learning from one another? If we all agreed on the same thing, we don't. But at the end of the day, we trust in the vision of the church, and, and we are pushing towards that together as a group. And that's exactly what these community groups are meant to do, because you are going to have conflict. We're imperfect human beings, and we have preferences and we have things that we like over things that we don't like and and all that other stuff. So yes, there's going to be conflict. But as Paul said, at the end of the day, we need to be under one mind and one body and one spirit that is in Christ Jesus and to be united together. Because church, if if we are constantly arguing and bickering with one another, people are going to see that. And how is anybody who doesn't believe in the Lord, and the Lord is good seeing his people argue over clocks and green beans or the color of carpet. How how is there going to be this this incredible? These people love the Lord, and these people are united together. How is someone going to want to be a part of that if all they see is anger and hatred and a disunity? Community groups are meant to help us to be united. Uh, this next Wednesday is is a really something really cool that that I've been praying for ever since. Victoria and I got here, and that is to have a, a sort of youth worship rally. Next Wednesday night, we're having this thing called Saw You at the Pole. It's going to be at the Cultural Center. I'm super excited about it. Uh, we've got churches from, from Warren and Monticello and Hermitage all taking part in this night of worship. We were sitting down in our, in our youth pastor meeting and uh, talking about this event a little bit more, and we came to realize that something like this has not been done in a very long time. And we were talking about it, and, and the reality is the, rival, the rivalry between the football teams with Monticello and Warren has sometimes caused divisions between people within those two towns. And we're hoping and praying that through this event and through sharing that we as Christians can be united together no matter where we live, that we can show this as an example is that it's okay to have rivals in football. It's okay to play against one another, but when it comes to the gospel, we need to be united. Those things are not as important as sharing the gospel with others and making that known within this area, within this state, within this nation, within this world. And my hope and prayer is that maybe for any of you who, who feel that, maybe for any of you who feel that 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 Emmanuel is the only church that we, you ever need to partner to do ministry with, or that being going over the bridge is too hard to do ministry with, with Monticelloans or whatever they're called. Or people in other towns or other parts of the world. My hope and prayer is that through things like this and then through God's word, you would see that God has called us to be united together, to work together, to do ministry together, to reach the world together. Because we can only do it together. We can't do it apart. And that's what I love about our church about Emmanuel is that that whenever it comes to sharing the gospel when it comes to working together with local body believers I believe that this church is is proactive in doing that and creating community not only with other churches but with other towns and other people I mean think about Boston the way that we're, we're trying to partner with this church that's that's thousands of miles away we may never see the fruit here, but we see fruit there, and that's an incredible partnership, and I hope and pray that something like that continues to grow and dwell within our church. But when it comes to, to these community groups that we're about to start, my hope and prayer is that they would they would help to bond us together even closer as a church. This is a pretty tight-knit community. This is a pretty tight-knit church. I'm hoping to see you guys grow even closer together through that. And so as I, as I close, I, I want to share with you guys a couple of ways that our church allows for you to do this sort of discipleship relationship, to have community with one another. This is kind of what we offer here at the church right now. We have Sunday school classes. Sunday school classes work a lot like a small group does. You meet together, you study the word together. Sometimes you eat if you're lucky enough to be in Joey's class when he brings donuts. And uh, you uh, and, and you get together and you share experiences together. You pray together, you laugh together, you cry together sometimes. But ultimately you're there to, you're there to do community together. We have Bible study groups Our adult Bible study that meets on Wednesday night is a close-knit family that pray together, that study the Word together, they talk about Scripture together, they're helping each other to grow as iron sharpens iron. We have our women's Bible study groups that are just an incredible group of ladies that get together, and they get closer and closer with every time they meet. You can just feel the energy from from the room after they've met. Um, The men's Bible study group that got together, that, that talked through Scripture together, uh, our our village that meets at our house and, and the old Engage group when Matt and Jess did it there at 602 and then when we did it too, I, I can tell you, I, I don't think I've ever teared up or laughed as much around a group of people as I have in, in my home when we've had people there to study God's word together with. We've had incredible experiences there. And and guys, it's, just, it's, it's, it's it's indescribable to tell you the sort of impact it's had on me and others that have attended and been a part of that. The same with Engage when Matt and Jess did it too. D groups, our, our students meet with adults weekly or biweekly to be poured into and to be mentored. Uh, we have now life groups starting at our church. Starting tonight at Dino's house, we're, we're able to to get together and to, to just experience life together, to share food together. I'm making buffalo chicken dip. I'm making a lot, so I really hope a lot of you are there. If you don't like buffalo chicken dip, I'm sorry. Hopefully other food will be there. I'm, I'm sure they will. Um, we have church events and retreats and we have all these opportunities for you to be poured in by others and for you to pour into others and have that community. And church, I would encourage you to be a part of that. And this is kind of my last challenge for you and that's this. Is that, I don't have my notes, Miles, can you put that on the screen? Thank you. Is that I, I want you to be actively involved in Christian community. I know that you guys have busy schedules. I know, I know y'all do. I know that especially this time of year for some of you guys is, is, is crazy because weekends and, and with, with hunting season coming up and with football and with, with cross country and with all the other things that you've got going on, this, this time of year is, is, is nuts. But church, my, my encouragement to you and challenge to you is that I don't want you to miss out what, on what God can do in your life in these community groups. I encourage you to be a part of our life groups at our church. It's not a huge commitment. It's, it's once a month right now. And, and, and I know that, that sometimes that requires sacrifice on our part to be a part of something like this, whether you're a part of our village or you're a part of Wednesday Night Bible Studies or you're a part of these life groups, but, but I'm telling you, the fruit that you will experience in your life from being active in community within other believers in this church is astronomical. And, and church, I can almost guarantee you that if you are getting involved in one of these groups, you will grow and you will be challenged. So at this time, uh, I'm gonna have everybody stand up and I'll, I would, Matt's gonna be up here and TJ's gonna sing, but this community that we've been built for and this life that Jesus has called us to is not meant to be done on our own. We're meant to live these within community with one another. And the reality is that, that, that when we are saved, we have Jesus dwelling within us through the Holy Spirit, But we are constantly living in community through that. And maybe some of you in here, maybe some of you have been hurt by Christian community. Maybe some of you used to go to some of these Bible studies or maybe you used to be a part of a Sunday school or small group and maybe there's some hurt there. Maybe you've been hurt by the church in the past. Maybe you've been a part of one of those business meetings, but maybe it wasn't over something silly. Maybe it was over something scriptural. Whatever that may be, God is calling you and drawing you to one another. But first and foremost, God is drawing you and calling you to himself. The best way to experience this community is not only with others, but ultimately with the Lord. And so if you, if you don't know what that looks like, what it means to have Jesus dwelling within you, Matt's gonna be up here, I'll be up here. I, we would love to talk to you about that. Because as much as I want you to be a part of these communities. Hey, this is Matt Oprah, the pastor here at Emmanuel Baptist Church. Just want to say thanks so much for watching our services, whether through our television ministry or online ministry. We appreciate you so much being a part of Emmanuel Baptist Church and we'd love to have you come and join our worship service. Uh, Sunday morning service starts at 10.30. Our small groups start at 9.30. We'd love to have you be a part of it. We've got a lot of different ministries that happen at Emmanuel, from our children and youth that's focused on Wednesday nights to our uh, women's Bible studies that happen throughout the week. We'd love to have you be a part of everything that's going on here at Emanuel. Thanks for watching.